Welcome to the WrestleBall Podcast. We are your host, as always. My name is Joseph Tai. Joining me from across the internet on Zoom is my good friend, Mark Belrush. Mark, man, so many major storylines in the NBA playoffs. Um, should we start off with this heartbreak that is the Toronto Raptors? Yeah, I think we, we have to, just being from Toronto and taking that break uh, last week from the podcast, uh, just to... Uh, you Gather know, put our to, thoughts and mourn the loss of our favorite team. Yeah, uh, pretty sad ending, but uh, the boys put up a good fight. They went to game seven. Um, there's not much more you could ask, and we only lost by five points. So, Yeah, um, I, I mean, we're, we're a week removed from, from the obviously uh, getting bounced out of the playoffs. Well, tell me what your initial thoughts were and, and uh, how you're feeling at this point. I mean, a week... You know, uh, a week later, uh, I feel uh, indifferent. Um, I feel kind of scared for free agency. I think that's the truth, uh, just because I'm not sure what to do. Uh, but at the same time, um, I am hopeful. Uh, there are a lot of things that we can do. There are a lot of things that can be done. Um, the team didn't really necessarily play up to what its standards were, especially, obviously, comparing a 2019 season where we won a championship. Um, I know one of the guys that didn't really show up for was Pascal, but Pascal's taken a lot of heat and a lot of very negative heat. Um, I think there's a proper way to criticize someone, and there, there, there's outright wrong ways to do it. And can I you think believe we're that some quote-unquote fans were uh, creating petitions to to get Pascal off the team, as if like, what kind of fan are you if you're yeah. well? I heard not they were supporting like, your players. Well, I heard they were extremely racist, like protest like uh, uh what do you call it uh oh a lot of racist comments i saw some of the comments that uh people were quoting from like instagram and twitter and things like that and it's just like oh my goodness but i how couldn't do these believe it exists it's insane it's like you can't you can't cheer for a team and then like they lose and you just go and attack and murder your players like, we want these guys to stay here and maybe their intentions were to get rid of these people but these people like this culture is not correct and this is not how you encourage you know youth and 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 your 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 supposed superstar right like this yeah. is the guy that is our future and this is how you want to you know get him to play for us play hard for us and, and stay and, and win yeah. with us it's like uh but again these are i would say this is the mi minority of fans uh, if you can even call them fans, I would say they're, you know, they might not even be people from Toronto. They could be people from around the world, just, you know, trolling uh, mm -hmm. the internet. Uh, but to get away from all of that noise and stuff like that, let's actually talk about what we saw go down in this series. Um, I think, you know, we talked about this before. I think when you look at both teams, especially if you watch the games, it was pretty clear to me, and this is uh, tough for me to say, but it was pretty clear to me that Boston was the more talented team, especially in this series. Uh, it didn't seem like they had too many guys that were cold. Uh, in fact, their, their most streakiest guy was probably Kemba Walker, who still put up 20 on, on some nights, uh, whereas Pascal was sort of like, you know, quiet for the most part. Um, now, I, I at at the end of the day, I do think we just lost to the better team. Is that a fair assessment to say? That is a fair assessment. Uh, I mean, Jason Tatum like was was hitting twenty five or more points every single game, more or less. I think this is one or one or two games, or maybe one game, where he hit under twenty. 
Um, and, you know, definitely showed up the next few games. So uh, they just had a little more star power. I think one of the, the key things that I noticed from Boston is that they know how to hit timely shots. We'd get, you know, five, six up on them, and then all of a sudden they hit a three, sometimes mm-hmm. two threes, sometimes three threes in a row, yeah. uh, you know, and, and it wasn't just from any one guy. We saw Marcus Smart go off for five threes in the fourth quarter. Uh, I forget which game it was, maybe game four or five, but uh, again, went off for five threes in the fourth quarter. Marcus Smart, a guy who's not even in their, what, top four? Mm-hmm. maybe in this uh, series he arguably, is because yeah. uh because gordon hayward is out but if gordon hayward's in there he's you know he's coming off the bench yeah yeah i think so yeah well marcus smart went off and uh he played uh as much as i don't want to admit it um he played a tremendous game what can i say he was definitely the x factor in the series obviously jason tatum Jalen brown did what they had to do um and and they did it in a very uh, you know, productive way offensively, but Campbell, uh, sorry, uh, Marcus Smart was definitely the defensive anchor on that team, and he gave us, you know, quite a bit of trouble. And I thought that Kyle Lowry would would have to stick with Kemba Walker, but it looked like Kyle Lowry had to be put on Marcus Smart, and Marcus Smart did get the better of him a few times. So uh, Marcus Smart definitely impressed me, and that was really what I was concerned about going into this series was his defense. It seemed like. Whoever Kemba was guarding was the one who we needed to rely on, whether that was Van Vliet or Lowry. Uh, Mm. But unfortunately, whoever was guarded by Marcus Smart was basically shut down for the most part. Um, Mm. Although Lowry did have some, you know, tremendous plays. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He he showed, I think in, in, in this series, it really showed him as a leader. He may not have gotten us the win in the series, but he definitely won us a few games and that's what leaders do. And um, I really know kudos to Lowry for stepping up and, you know, being that person that we needed um, while, you know, the other guys are trying to figure out, you know, how they could contribute. So, like, I think as much as it pains me again that we lost the series, I think it, 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 it's going to mature us a lot. Um, OG played a fantastic playoffs this year. Oh, my goodness. Um, yes. He, yeah, for sure. So, timely uh, shots, right? Yeah. Timely, oh, timely man. shots. I mean, 0.5 seconds, he hits a three. Like, we were going to be down 3 over. if it wasn't for that. So he gave us a fighter's chance to go to game seven. So we're definitely a team you don't really kick around. Um, and, and we showed a championship pedigree. It, it was what it was, right? A lot of positives on the Raptors' side. Uh, and like you said, Lowry leading the team. Um, OG Ananobi stepping up. Uh, another guy who really stepped up was Serge Ibaka, who I thought played fantastic. Uh, his shooting was out of this world in this series. Yeah. I'm surprised that uh, Nurse didn't go to him more. Um, but I think, you know, one of the holes in his game is that he's not as reliable on defense as Marcus Gasol, but Marcus Gasol has just been shut down on offense this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's almost like a double-edged sword uh, when you put Marcus Gasol on. Yeah, it definitely gives you the defense, but then you're playing four and five on offense. Yeah. Uh, and it just doesn't work. Um, going over to Boston again, though, like I just, I do want to say, listen, Jason Tatum is for real. I know we talked a lot of smack about Jason Tatum and the Boston Celtics, especially prior to this playoffs. Uh, but this dude is for real. He can ball and he's definitely going to be, uh, an all-star, potentially a superstar in the, in the very near future. And this well, guy's leading his team at, how old is this guy? 22, 23? Yeah. Well, he's already an all-star. So there's no, there's no question about that, but is he, is he going to become a superstar? And that's probably the question and it looks like he will um he's easily a second round pick in fantasy next 
uh, next year easily. Mm-hmm. Probably coming from a third or fourth pick last season, um, probably a fourth pick last season or a third pick last season, uh, to easily, easily a second pick in the high rounds. Uh, this guy is going to play games. Uh, this guy is going to put up numbers. He doesn't necessarily hurt you anywhere. Um, points, rebounds, percentages, you you name it, he got it. Uh, he, he'll help give you a block, a steal. He's just, you know, that guy that you can re- rely on. And for Boston, he goes to the line and he shoots it very well. So, uh, he doesn't necessarily hurt you anywhere. He's he's on his uh, Kobe, you know, his little Kobe uh, start, I guess you can call it. He He's so poised at this young age. And, and the other thing, too, is he's just athletically very gifted. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's probably, what, 6'7", six, maybe 6'6"? Six, 6'8". Six? Six, oh, 6'8". So 220 tall. pounds. So, like... You can imagine how good he like, and he's yeah. not like he's he's got the mobility, the yeah. agileness, the quickness. Yeah. Uh, well, he has an athletic build. If you look at his body, it's yeah. like perfectly, perfectly built to play basketball. Exactly, Lanky, stretched yeah. out, but at the same time, he's still, you know, he's still strong. He's got those broad shoulders, right? Like, yeah, he's not player. like Brandon Ingram, lanky. No, uh, he can go in there in the paint and and you know yeah. take some give you a hard time. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And the biggest thing about Jason Tatum's game is his. Uh, you know, his ability to create shots for himself, whether it's taking a sidestep shot or uh, a step back shot or, mm-hmm. um, you know, going in and releasing that shot really fast in the paint. He had a lot of paint points. He's, you know, he's, he's trouble from everywhere. And it looks like no one can really defend him and stop him because Siakam had quite a hard time. And that was something I was so frustrated with with Siakam was the fact that he had such a difficult time creating his own shot. And yet he kept going to that ISO play over and over, trying to back guys down, uh, but his handles were not quite uh, you know, mm-hmm. crisp enough. He's losing the ball a lot. Uh, it was just it was so difficult for him to get a shot off. Uh, whereas, like you said, Jason Tatum creates his shot very, very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when he misses, it looks like, you know, he had a plan for that play, whereas sometimes with Siakam, it's kind of like, I, I don't know where you were going to go with this. No, uh, and he forced with, a lot. Oh, he forced so much. And the thing with Siakam, too, is I felt like he he, he needed to learn um, that off Fundamentals ball. again. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that. But, like, we talked about um, Curry the Steph other day. Curry. Yeah, yeah, about his off-ball movement. And I feel like Siakam would be so deadly if he had a better off-ball movement. And I think he did when he when Kawhi was here that he had the great off ball movements and we would just literally he'd run around we get him the ball and he just put up like shots you know not, not nothing further than five feet from the net maybe maybe ten feet from the net um, and he completely stopped doing that and he went to this you know ISO game which is what we wanted to stay away from because we felt during the DeRozan era that we used to ISO a lot for no reason and we didn't need to do that like look at what. Like, and we'll get into this a little later, you know, look at teams like Denver or look at teams like the Miami Heat and what they do and how much ball movement there is and how much human movement there is um, to create a shot. And that's what we needed to do. And we really stepped back from that. Obviously, Lowry and Van Fleet tried, but even those guys got shut down. And we can't ISO with those guys because they're a little shorter, especially in our backcourt. It's short guys. And we're facing you know, behemoths. These are tall guys. Even Marcus Smart, it's six foot four or five. We got Van Fleet and Lowry that are around six foot, six one, six two, something like that, right? So. Six foot maybe is what I call them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but, uh, and you're, you're absolutely right. You look at the play that basically lost us game seven, and I would say that was Van Vliet's ISO play where he completely bricked that three. It's like, what were we doing there? 
We had guys moving off ball. Uh, Van Vliet dribbled it out for like 10 seconds, and you just knew he was going to shoot that ball. And, and obviously, if he made it, it would have been a hell of a shot. But it, was, it wasn't a good shot. It was yeah. not a good shot. I don't know what play Nurse drew up for that, uh, but I can't imagine it was that. I can't mm-hmm. imagine it was Van Vliet, you dribble it up and uh, dribble it out for 10 seconds and then take a, a really tough contested three. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it is what it is at this point. Hopefully he learns and he'll develop from that. Um, obviously, where I stand now, Jason Tatum is the better player over Siakam. The other thing about Siakam is he's 27 years old uh, as opposed to Jason Tatum's 22 years old, which I really didn't even factor in um, originally. But I'm not going to backtrack. Um, I definitely said Siakam was better. And, and I chose him second round, I think, in either two drafts. So I really praised him really high, hoping that he could, you know, being six foot nine and almost 220 pounds, sort of like Jason Tatum with, you know, a little bit more length in his arms or reach, I should say. So he definitely had the tools to be good, but his threes weren't dropping. His inside shots weren't dropping. His post-ups just they didn't look very good. He was very loosey-goosey with the ball. He looked like he was in college. It didn't look, it wasn't a good look for him. I don't think you can fault anyone for thinking Siakam was going to be a, a huge you know, player this year, considering he averaged, what, 22, 23 last year in the, in the championship playoffs. Like, mm-hmm. that's, that's an incredible feat. If, mm-hmm. if you say uh, a guy averaged 20-plus in the playoffs and they won the championship, you, you think he's a, a superstar. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the kind of expectations we had for Siakam, and unfortunately, it just didn't pan out. Um, Lowry, though, looked incredible this year. He looked incredible mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Um, what does Siakam need to do to get back, you know, get back into rhythm? I think he's got to just get back to the fundamentals. I said he was too loosey-goosey with that ball. Um, and he also made very bad fouls defensively. So he seems to be very sporadic with his playing. He doesn't seem very focused. He's got a lot of energy. And he's got to learn how to use that energy. But he's got to channel it too. Because what you see from Jason Tatum is channeling the energy, creating his shots, uh, making timely plays. Um, and what we saw from Siakam was almost the complete opposite of that, where he was sort of lazy. Um, he just settled for the three or he would try to go in and create it. And then he would try, he would try to, uh, what do you call it, post up. Yeah. And then commit the offensive foul because of an elbow or a stiff arm. And it's just like you got to, you know, you got to sort of elevate your game. You notice when he posts up to, he's very like, we talk about the East meets West in terms of dribbling left and right. He goes like far left, far right. And then you wonder why he loses the ball uh, mm-hmm. a lot of times, especially like when he does a spin move and stuff like that. It's just so far. He needs to really tighten it together, his dribble. Yeah. Uh, but the other thing, too, is just nothing looks very deliberate. It seems like mm-hmm. he's doing everything on the fly, whereas Jason Tatum, when he drives in, it looks like, yeah, he thought about driving in mm-hmm. two plays ago. He knew he was going to do that. Or, or even that when he drives, he, I have three options. These are the three things I can do. So he sort of like pre-planned like different things that he could do in these situations. Whereas Siakam, like you said, was on the fly. And when you're thinking and playing at the same time, some people just can't multitask in that way. And you can definitely develop that skill, but it seemed like Siakam was lost in thought most of the time. And then by the time he figured out what he should have been doing, it was already too late. Either a turnover, uh, offensive foul, or uh, just a bad shot. So, you know, that's what it was. I would love to see Siakam take a, a few um, parts of uh, Jokic's game into his own because I was watching Jokic the other day, and holy cow, this guy's got crazy, yeah. crazy vision on the court. Mm-hmm. I remember there's this one play 
he 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 came off a pick and roll and driving inside he pulled in a couple of defenders he's looking at the uh corner or corner open three and so it looks like he's gonna pass to that guy then he passes to the uh, another guy who's open on the right side that he didn't even look look at and so the guys came in defensively on him they come up to uh guard the guy that he's looking at and then he passes it to the wide open i think it was gary harris um and it's just like that kind of vision is something that Siakam should implement in his game when his shots aren't dropping and when he can't offensively, you know, put the ball in that net. He needs mm. to look to get some passes, get some assists. Yeah. That said, his defense was pretty good this series. Mm-hmm. I, so, I mean, it wasn't entire loss for Siakam. He definitely took a step down in his uh, offensive game, but his defense was still, uh, I thought, on an all-star level. Um, mm. And so, you know, there's a lot to look forward to with Siakam. And again, there is a lot of hate going towards him. And I, I don't think, uh, you know, he had a bad series. It's what it comes down to. He just had a well, bad series. He had a bad bubble. Yeah. Is what I'm going to say. It's just overall bad bubble for him. Um, and some guys, I think there was, you know, this was going to happen. Some guys just weren't going to perform in the bubble. I didn't expect Siakam, but I guess, you know, you, know, you just never know with these things. Um, he could have just as well played really well with the crowd, but uh, it's hard to really gauge that. Now, I'm wondering if he is still has, having some lingering injuries because he really hasn't been the same since he had that growing injury mid, uh, mid-season because even mm. outside of the bubble, uh, the last few games, I think he only played well in the games when which we played guys like Sacramento. Um, mm. But he just didn't look like himself since he had that growing injury. So maybe he needs an offseason to really get back into shape and get better. Um, and I'm expecting a, 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 a fired-up Siak next year, for sure. Yeah, for- I think so. I think so. But now with that said, um, Siakam and Kawhi Leonard – or you know they're they you know not to not to just be negative about this um you know they had a great run as well in 2019 obviously we won championship they're tied for the second highest scoring duos you know so it's 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 very impressive um lebron james and dwayne wade definitely hold the title and tied with jordan and pippen is leonard and siakam so and we'll it's get incredible. to Kawhi Leonard yeah. in a bit. Yeah, well, and we'll get to Kawhi Leonard. Oh, the other major that was a train line. Oh, my goodness. And we got a lot to say about that. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, let's to, to round this off, uh, you know, what do you think the Raptors have to do, especially this offseason? I, I feel like this coming year is going to be a challenging one because y- you know they're not going to make any major signings because they're waiting for that 2021 Giannis free agency. Um but at the same time, they ha- they have to still field a team that can compete. Mm-hmm. What do they do? They got Van Vliet as a free agent. They got Serge as a free agent, and they got Marcus which is you know less important. But those two first guys. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know what to say at this point. I'll go with the easiest ones. I think you got to let Mark go. Uh, he he made twenty five million this year. He's not ever going to see that kind of money again. He's 35 years old. Uh, I, don't, I don't think the Raptors should. He was a huge letdown in the playoffs. He came in, you know, looking under, uh, like he had lost some weight. Then he looked like he gained it all back. I'm very disappointed in Marcus Hall, and I'm very hard on him as well. Uh, but I think you cut him loose. Um, it's been a good run. You're 35 years old. I'm sure you want to just figure out what you want to do in terms of, you know, winning a championship. There are um, rumors that he was considering going back to uh... – Memphis, Europe. 
Oh, Euro. Yeah, yeah very, to end, to end off his uh, career. But, uh, I mean, it really depends because, again, he's he's probably going to be the cheapest guy of all these free agents. Yeah. <laughs> like, I wouldn't be surprised if he would be willing to sign for, like, the vet minimum mm-hmm. um, with the Raptors. Whereas Van Vliet and Serge, they're probably going to command some big money. Yeah, Serge is... Um, he's going to be looking for the last big contract that he can get. It'll likely be a three-year contract because I don't see any team maybe giving him more than that. He's 31 years old, so he'd be 34 or so when a three-year was up, which is basically when you're, you're, you know, you're out of your prime. Serge definitely made timely shots and timely plays. Didn't get enough minutes, in my opinion, uh, but that's more to do with you know, what else was going on in the court because some teams were playing small, some teams were playing big, and the opportunities just didn't present themselves. I don't think we'll be able to afford Serge Ibaka uh, there is a rumor going around that he might want to play with KD and then on the Nets, um, so possibly a sign-in trade, and we get back you know whatever we can get back from the Nets, which might be like something like looking like Karis Levert or, or oh, if one of those Karis Levert, yeah, I, I doubt which they I don't know Karis Levert because uh, he's kind of looking like a a future All Star. Uh, potentially. But I think with Karis LeVert, he won't do anything with Kyrie and KD on the floor. So I think, like, in that regard, he definitely can be. Oh, I agree with that. I just mean, like, if if they're going to trade him, they're going to trade him for, like, a third all-star, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. a, a real big talent. Uh, I feel if we did a sign trade with Serge, we might be able to get back a guy like, um, who's their center? Uh, Jared Allen. Jared Allen and I don't think we could get Jared Allen but if we could get Jared Allen I'd be totally down for that I really like Jared Allen but yeah, the other too. I love Jared Allen but I don't like I don't know what their center situation is because obviously DeAndre Jordan has a pre-existing relationship with Katie and and mm-hmm. uh, uh Kyrie. Kyrie the other rumor was uh Montrez Harrell oh uh, on the Raptors <laughs> yeah so you know how that rumor started no after they got bounced out, uh, Montrez Harrell started following Toronto oh. Raptors on Instagram. And so there is a reporter out there who's not very reliable, but he put out the rumor that the Raptors were interested in Montrez. Uh, now, Montrez is almost like, I don't think he fits in that well with the Raptors, but he does bring in some offensive game on the center spot. But mm. you lose the defense. You yeah. Lose- the defense, which is like the core of the Raptors, you know, philosophy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you yeah. want Montrez on this team? I don't think so. Uh, and I don't think he would come here anyway. He's probably going to stay on the Clippers. I think all those guys, and we'll, again, we'll talk about the Clippers in a second. Uh, but I think, I don't think he comes to Toronto because we'd have to throw money at him. And I'm not really interested in throwing money at a six foot eight center who doesn't play defense and can't shoot threes and can't shoot threes. It just doesn't make sense. Serge, Serge will definitely shoot threes. Um, and he does a, you know, a wide range of things. Now, the, the thing with Serge Ibaka is who's someone is going to be willing to pay him. And are we going to match it? And I don't know if we'll match it. Cause I think someone will pay him, you know, what he wants, which may be in the realm of anywhere between 20 to $25 million a year. Yeah, um, if if I'm a team and I'm giving him a realistic contract, I'm thinking somewhere around exactly what you said, maybe right in between there, 22 million for three years. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I could see the Raptors saying, hey, man, we'll give you 25, 26 for one year. Mm-hmm. 
And after that, you know, if you want to leave, you can leave, but you know, we'll pay you just like we paid Lowry for the one year mm-hmm. uh, because you deserve it. Um, the, the reality is, I think he far outplayed his contract in terms of uh, what he's making now and what he showed us in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know he loves Toronto. Like most of the players on this team love playing in Toronto. So I wouldn't be surprised if he at least stays for one more year. Um, and if the Raptors pay him uh, for one year just to keep the cap up and then, you know, once free agency comes, then they'll discuss it another direction. Yeah. So, uh, it's, man, it's so tough to say because now the guy that we're going to be talking about, Fred Van Fleet, which is the, you know, the final big free agent, I would say, on the Raptors. So, so there's already rumors that the Knicks want to offer him 22 mil a year. Yeah, well, is he Knicks- worth 22 mil? First of all, the Knicks want to offer all Toronto, <laughs> all Toronto management uh, and players money. I don't understand. I, we're, that, we're not your feeder team, and you're also a dumb organization. And I'm not going to – I don't care, Stephen A. Smith, if you take offense to that. You're a fool. Uh, it's one of the worst organizations. Um, and, and for whatever reason, it's just not legit enough unless New York wants to steal somebody from us. Um, is he worth $22 million? Sure. I, I, I don't really know what to say. Uh, New York is going to, if New York has that money, they definitely will offer it to him just to snipe him. Um, I don't know. He might be worth $22 million as a point guard. Uh, he's not worth $22 million as a shooting guard. So what that means is he's not worth $22 million on the Raptors, but he might be worth $22 million on a New York team that has no guard, uh, point guards. I was just about to take the opposite uh, stance. I don't think he's a $22 million point guard. I don't think there's anything in his game that's shown that he's a really good point guard because his. let's be honest, he's not the greatest playmaker he can play make for sure but he's he doesn't have that vision i i he's he was playing shooting guard for us most of the year mm. um yeah like like his bread and butter is his shooting his offensive game uh i i really don't think he's that good of a point guard in terms of uh playmaking ability mm. so in that case i wouldn't say he's a 22 million dollar point guard or a 22 million dollar shooting guard mm. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, and I love Ed Lee. I think he's a great player. And if mm-hmm. someone's gonna give him twenty-two million, by all means, like take take, take the bag, right? Yeah. Uh, and what it might all come down to too is if it's uh, if it's everything's in good vibration and they're just gonna get money, higher money elsewhere. A lot of this might be a sign and trade, which would be perfect for the Raptors because we get something in return for their leaving. And I feel like we're headed in that direction. So it's a win-win for the organization. And it's a nice, it's a good, but good, 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 goodbye as well. Right. It would definitely be a nice uh, gesture of will. But if, if, if you're a player though, would you agree to a sign and trade knowing that you're going to like the team you're going to go to has to give something up, making the team that you're going to a little bit worse. Would you want to do that? Um, yeah, that's a good point. That's a great point. Um, ooh, that is tough. Like, we've seen it, obviously, with Kevin Durant when he left Golden State. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know why he actually agreed to that, but they gave up D'Angelo Russell, which is a huge piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could have traded him for another star, but um, I don't know if they needed to do that for salary cap reasons. But, um, yeah, that's, you know, that's the other concern, too. Like, do these players really want to make the team that they're going to a little bit worse in order to, you know, say yeah. thank to the team that they're leaving that's true that's a very good point as well i don't i don't see so but honestly you're going to new york like <laughs> you guys are yeah it's like it's new york it's not like you know you're going yeah to State. for sure take the money buy yourself a nice little manhattan condo and yeah. uh live your live life. Your life yeah because new york ain't winning shit 
you can bank you can take it to the bank now again though it would be interesting to see if the raptors uh offer van vliet a really high one-year contract say they, they well beside jerry already said that he's huge priority so uh right you know, we may throw the Brinks truck at him. We probably will throw the Brinks truck at him. Like, I could see them definitely making an arrangement where they're like, listen, we're going to pay you $30 million next year for one year, and then after 18 mil or 17 mil or something like that. But the thing is, for a player like Fred Van Fleet, you want a long-term contract because being six foot, uh, being short in this league, you never know what's going to happen. You may not become fat. You, you may not be fast enough one day. You, you may lose your, your touch on the shot. Like the NBA is ever changing. Can, can um, they so. structure a contract like that though? Say they did a three year and they said, we'll pay you 30 million in the first year. And then after 17 and 17 or something like that. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think it's impossible. I don't actually know the rules on the finances, uh, but I've seen some strange things, but I've never seen more money at first. I usually see more money towards, the end because you usually have that bird percentage i believe it's called right like um, jeremy lynn had that poison pill huge yeah, yeah. like 14 mil in his last year or something For, like that right so um, um tough to say like honestly this is probably going to be one of the biggest uh off seasons for the raptors surprisingly post, you know post championship right? right so surprisingly too because there's no free agents <laughs> No, there's no besides one Anthony Davis, who's obviously gonna resign with the Lakers. Yeah, and even that's not for sure. Unless, oh, I think it's for sure, man. It's yeah, gotta it be. For sure. Okay. It's it's gotta be. Even if they don't win the title this mm -hmm. year, I mean, like so many teams have fizzled out, like the Los Angeles Clippers. That mm -hmm, what mm -hmm, they've done mm -hmm. so far has been a success, I would say, for the Lakers. You say they make the finals and and they get bounced out. I mean, that's still a success for me in terms of, you know, this is your first real season playing all together healthy. Mm -hmm. um, yep. It's not bad. Yeah, Lakers, although they were first in the West, they're a huge surprise to me. Just like, just like their dominance in the playoffs. It's been very impressive. Oh, my God. Playoff LeBron is for real, man. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. This guy just, how incredible is this guy that we get to witness this? Yeah, he's pretty unstoppable. Um, he's got a different gear that no one seems to be on. Um, he wasn't even phased that he didn't face the Clippers uh, in the, I guess, in in the uh, conference finals. Um, they didn't seem to phase them at all. And I think I don't know, man. I, it's hard to say now because at first I was thinking Clippers would give them a hard time because I was choosing Clippers to win. I think a lot of people did. Now, right. Good thing I didn't put money on that. Yeah. Because um, I would have lost some money there. No, I'm sure a lot of people lost money on that one. Yeah, because it was almost a guarantee uh, that they would win. So uh, uh, very here's, interesting that uh, this is the route. Here's what I'll say about the Clippers. I do think they have a good chance against the Lakers because I feel their team is built to beat, to the, beat Lakers. the Lakers. Yeah, I agree with that assessment. But it doesn't mean that they're built to beat every team. And Denver's a team that they <laughs> were not built to beat. Uh, Denver, Denver just yeah. blindsided them completely outclass them. So we might as well get into the second big storyline that's happened over the last two weeks. The Clippers falling to Denver. Game 7 up 3-1 in the series. Completely blow the leads. I think they lost a 19-point lead and then a 16-point lead and then a 12-point yep. lead. Yep. And, and in that Game 7, Kawhi Leonard and George Paul combined for two points in the second half. Did you call him George Paul? George Paul, Paul George. Sorry, oh, oh that's, a, that's we, a we forgot his name now. That's, Shit. that's a that's, little uh, Skip Bayless reference. That's cold, dog. That's cold. 
You ever hear Skip Bayless? He always yeah, said, yeah, uh, yeah, Paul yeah. George didn't show up. George Paul. George Paul showed up. Yeah. Yeah. But my uh, God. What a. What too, a. Too, did you ever see this coming in a million years? Well, let me tell you something, brother. <laughs> I did not see this coming. And I'm going to tell you another thing that Playoff P needs to start counting Cancun on two, not three, because that's how fast his ass was out of the playoffs. Let me tell you something. It is embarrassing to be this man right now. Mm-hmm. He has let so many people, so many organizations down. And it's almost karma because of what he's put people and organizations through. He's a real piece of work. <laughs> Five unprotected draft picks to get this guy. And he made... Less than I believe he only made four field goals for five first round unprotected draft picks. And SGA and Gallinari. Like yeah. they gave up a boatload. Like I think Kawhi Leonard would have been way better off if he had Gallows and and uh and uh SGA. Gallows and Anderson, you know, and the bullet Gallows, club. He would have he probably, probably been better on the bullet club than, than <laughs> he would on this on this nail clipper team. Well this I was mean, a, Gallows is what? He's, he must be like 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, mm-hmm. Pretty good height. But uh, uh, all kidding aside, man. Playoff no, P, dude. man. No, dude. Kidding inside. This was a joke. The broadcast uh, team was making fun of the, the Clippers in the fourth quarter. That's how bad this got. Mm-hmm. You know, it was embarrassing. It was. This, this, and, and you know what the funny thing was? When you asked me in game six, this Kawhi doesn't get any shit. Mm-hmm. And now you're seeing... Yeah. You know, just it's a tarnish on his almost perfect record of right. at least playing. Obviously right. the Spurs injury thing, that was you know out of left park or you know, yeah. out of you know, out of left, left field. field yeah. yeah. But this is a huge blemish to 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 concede a three one lead. Mm-hmm. And so in what, each, you know, elimination game closeout game you had pretty large leads 19 point lead and the 16 point lead yeah 12 point the lead yeah and blown and completely blown and that last game seven they didn't just lose mm-hmm. they lost by 20 they got demolished they got embarrassed it, it, completely outclassed i mean paul george went for a three-pointer and hit the side of the backboard and what was the funny thing too it was uh it was a a a corner three point like from the spot that apparently he's just really Some, good at yeah wasn't yeah he was oh boy and uh like you said um uh i think the clippers they paid homage to uh kobe in one of the games <laughs> a combined right. 24 points and eight assists yeah so uh man that man all i can say is all those shit talkers looking at you, Harold, looking at you, Pat Beverly, looking at you, Marcus Morris, Paul George. looking at you, Paul George. You yeah. guys need to win. You guys need to shut your mouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys are all embarrassment. And if I was Steve Ballmer, I would fiercely look to trade all your asses. Yeah. Now, um, Let's talk about Kawhi because he is getting a lot of uh, flack now. And uh, to be honest, I think it's deserved. It took it took a blown three one lead and uh, complete shutdown in Game Seven for people to uh, finally, you know, uh, criticize this man. Um, he, to be honest, he did not play well in Game Seven at all. Two points no. in that second half. 
No. Uh, minus 21, 6 of 22, shot 27% from the field. Uh, his three-pointers were two for seven. I mean, just a terrible game. Um, I, I don't even know, like, what you do. You played 43 minutes. You played the most minutes mm-hmm. of anyone on that court. Even playoff P at 38 minutes didn't play as many minutes as you. And you just, man, they shut you down. And I don't know. It could just be the juju. Uh, Kawhi didn't show up. He went from the most spectacular play last year mm -hmm. to one of the most embarrassing losses this year. And that, my friend, is irony. Well, I think one of the things, too, is uh, I I don't know if you agree with me, but for a large portion of this year and obviously last year as well, we thought this was the best player in the league. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I thought that for sure that he was the you know, if I'm choosing a player that I want in the playoffs, it was, it was going to be Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard, yeah. And now I'm completely rethinking all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot I don't of people know. Are, yeah. Like, who do you choose right now? If I asked you, you want one player in the playoffs, who are you taking? Right now is LeBron James. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think there's any question about that. Mm-hmm. Um, Kawhi Leonard definitely fumbled on this one. Um, LeBron James and the Lakers have a team nowhere as deep as this Clippers squad. Mm-hmm. Nowhere as deep. No. And, you know, they were able to win. Say what you will about their opponents. They demolished them. So, it, 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 you know, add that to the mix. Yeah. They, I, they, they destroyed a Portland, very good Portland team, a very good Houston team. Yeah. It's incredible. And, and, and they beat Denver just yesterday. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, obviously, Denver, you can never count them out. So, who knows where that series is going to go. Mm-hmm. But Lakers are looking really good. Um, mm-hmm. Gilbert Arenas brought this up in an interview um, not too long ago. And he said, the difference between the Clippers and the Lakers is that everyone on the Clippers, or sorry, everyone on the Lakers knows their role. But it seems like the Clippers, no one really knows their role. Who's mm-hmm. going to be the guy that closes out the game? Is it going to be Lou Williams? Is, is he going to take the last shot? Is it going to be Kawhi Leonard? Is it going to be Paul George? Uh, you know, these are, qu- these are good questions to ask because when you look at that Clippers team, I didn't see any leadership on that, on that court. And, no. and Kawhi is a guy who's not known for his leadership. That's the reality of it. When he was on the Raptors, it was all Lowry. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that's the one knock on Kawhi's game is that, yeah, he'll go in there and he'll get you buckets, but is he going to make sure that everybody else is at their best? And I'm not sure he's that guy. No, and neither is Paul George. He's not a leader. He's just not that guy well i don't so, think paul george can even ensure that he's at his best mm-hmm. yeah well paul george is a joke right now <laughs> um paul george should be embarrassed of himself and you know the worst part about paul george is have, have you seen his comments no oh he, he so obviously a lot of the clippers players are saying it's you know chemistry but one of the things that rubbed people the wrong way was he said that uh he the Clippers never really in their heart thought it was championship or bust. And then somebody posted literally two months ago an interview he had where he said it's championship or bust this mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're flip-flopping, just take the L and move on. Yeah, you should just say something along the lines of, and hey, PG, if you want to hire me as your PR guy, please. <laughs> you should have said things along the lines of, yeah, I think I need to relook at not only my playing of basketball, I need to reassess the way I portray myself 
um, as a player in the NBA and to the Clippers organization, um, as I feel there's still growth to be made. And I think you just move on from there. And I think if you make a message like that, it'll show a little maturity. Don't say things like, yeah, I never said it was championship or bust. And then, uh, you know, a reporter, anyone can just pull this information. You're on the internet now, dude. Don't be dumb. Mm-hmm. You know, and, sure. and, and, and the thing is, and, and, and we've been talking about this a little more now. We're a little older now. You know, we're, we're, uh, we're 32 this year. Mm-hmm. we're mature, we've gone to school, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you've had our life experiences. These guys, you know, were throwing money at 18, 19 or 20. They never really matured. These are kids essentially. And Paul George is a, is a man child. Right. You know, and I'm not trying to put him down, but you need to mature. And part of maturity, um, and, and, this, and this seeps into your personal life and your professional life, um, is, you know, realizing you know, being self-aware of who you are. And I think he's just not there and it's affecting him. And now you see it. And, you know, he's one of the biggest jokes in the NBA. The, for... It's no excuse though, coming in at 17, 18, getting, you know, paid tons of money. Cause you look mm-hmm. at a guy like LeBron James, who's had the media, you know, zeroed in on his entire life. And he comes off pretty well in his interviews, you know, minus the now. whole cost. Minus the whole coughing thing in, in Miami with Dwayne Wade, but uh, now, yeah, now he has. But even I, previously, like, what was the worst thing that he's done in his career? Well, that the whole uh, the decision was pretty weird. Again, it was weird, but the money went to charity. It wasn't all that bad. Um, not like just like the comments coming out of Paul George and like guys like Pat Bev. Mm. Come on, guys, for real. You look at you look at the. The, the poise in Jamal Murray in his post-game interviews, and you're thinking, wow, this he's a kid Canadian is mature. Boy. This kid is mature. Well, he's Canadian. <laughs> right? He's a Canadian boy, just putting it on the line. Donovan Mitchell, back. then. Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell. These guys are poised players. Kobe Bryant, Shaquille <laughs> O'Neal, talk about Los Angeles Lakers, talk about the Toronto Raptors. Yeah, I, but you I get, get my point, right? I like get it's, it. I like for it's sure no excuse it. that you're making tons of money as a young person. Uh, just, just look at Zion William, mm-hmm. uh, Zion Williamson. He, he's so poised in his interviews, and and he he goes about the game the right way. And I feel like Paul George has lost that. Well, the thing about Zion is there's so much pressure on him because everyone's saying he's the next great thing or he's the next one or he's the chosen one and he's gotten a lot of heat for things that he has no control of right mm-hmm. like he's not the one saying this other people are saying this and he's being put in rookie of the year discussions by external people he's getting put in rookie first teams not based on what he's saying but what people you know come to about agree him. Upon. yeah yeah so you know and he's got to be very careful and, and and you know obviously he seems a lot more professional but he's always been a high iq player which well, I feel like when you have high IQ, it means you're a little more mature too, right? Because you can think things through, make and make logical decisions. But I don't see that from Paul George. And I don't think I've ever seen that from Paul George. Uh, the only time I've seen that from Paul George was when he was early with Indiana and they made that, uh, mm-hmm. that run in the, the Eastern playoffs and they took uh, LeBron. Was it Miami? Was he with Miami at the time? I think it was. I think so, yeah. And they took him to game seven. Like we saw a really poised Paul George then but we haven't seen him since. And that was a good, what, seven, eight years ago. Yeah, well, he was a total train wreck on uh, OKC. Um, Just didn't show up either. 
I, I think the problem with Paul George is people put him in this superstar status and he's so comfortable there now that he doesn't really have to do much in order mm-hmm. to remain in that status. Yeah, well, now he's going to have to do something because he may not be an all-star next year. And you know what's crazy was he was third in MVP voting last year with OKC. He was mm-hmm. that good last year during the season. Yep. And playoffs just, I wouldn't say completely choked, but obviously he got bounced out by one of the most embarrassing shots. Yeah. In playoff history uh, with uh, Dame Lillard, who also had a few choice words to say on uh, Twitter, him and mm-hmm. uh, CJ McCollum completely clowning the Clippers. Yeah. So, so yeah, go it, ahead. It seems to me that PG will probably take the brunt of the blame. Kawhi Leonard is definitely to be blamed as well, but because Kawhi doesn't really give you anything to really converse about, it's definitely going to be a blemish on his career, and people will remember this. But at the same time, they're going to remember that shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, game 7, Philly, Toronto Raptors, that led to the championship. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, he'll come off better from this. Paul George, not so much. So he's an easy target. So we also got to realize that. So, Paul George, my advice to you, mature. Yeah, for sure, Paul George is the easiest target. Uh, Here's what I'll say about Kawhi. Uh, And the reason why I believe that he is the most to blame for all of this is that this is what he wanted. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, He mm -hmm. completely manipulated the free agency Mm -hmm. uh, time with his signing completely screwed out the Lakers in signing free agents because they were waiting on him, mm-hmm. made the Clippers give away, you know, mortgage their future mm-hmm. for this guy, Paul George. Mm-hmm. This is what you wanted. You wanted mm-hmm. to play for Doc Rivers. You wanted to be with the LA Clippers. You wanted mm-hmm. Paul George, and this mm-hmm. is what you got. And so if that's the case, the responsibility is going to be on your shoulders. For boy, sure. oh, boy, oh boy, if Kawhi Leonard would have chosen to go to the Lakers... Oh my God! Boy, not one, oh boy. not two, not three, not like they would have legitimately won three so many ships together. And like, thinking about it now, originally I said that Kawhi going to the Clippers was good because of how deep they were, et cetera, et cetera. Now, obviously, looking back at it, regret that decision. I would have flown to the Los Angeles Lakers to play with LeBron James because of who he is. Yeah. And who he's gonna be mm-hmm. in the league. And what I say when I say gonna be is ten years down the road, the way we talk about Jordan is the same way we're gonna talk about LeBron James. There's no doubt. Cause we talked about this, I think maybe two, three months ago, about who LeBron James was. And I think he's definitely in the modern era second best to Michael Jordan. And the only reason why Jordan would beat him, in my opinion, is because obviously of the rings and the way he did it. Yeah, uh, I think there's uh, no denying the fact that Jordan is the greatest of all time, but LeBron has built himself a legacy of his mm-hmm. own. Like, there will never be another LeBron James. No, I don't think so. No one has that longevity. The longevity, just and the the athleticism and the skill, like everything about him is just so good. This guy has more stats in the playoffs than the Denver Nuggets had their entire <laughs> existence. That's how crazy this man is. Yeah, and, and what's what I love about LeBron is that, and the difference between him and Kawhi is that he can elevate his teammates. Like, look how good Anthony Davis is playing in this playoffs. 
Yeah, he's got, uh, he was on the MVP ballot, if I'm not mistaken. He was on the defensive year ballot, if I'm not mistaken. He was on defensive first team, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he's a still a top five player, arguably. Right. Uh, he just looks a lot more supreme. And when he hits, when he drops 30 points for the Lakers, it's over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I know we've criticized AD a lot. Well, uh, we, but- we've always criticized him for not winning, which he still hasn't done yet. Mm-hmm. Um, he's obviously winning a series now with LeBron James, but uh, I think a, a chip will definitely change the way people look at him. Mm-hmm. So uh, all things considered, you could have had AD, LeBron, <laughs> and Kawhi Leonard. My God. Who's your finals MVP if that was the team? Um, I, oh, that is the question. That's sir, because it would be either LeBron. It could be. It could be easily AD. It could be AD, man. If he averages yeah. like thirty and ten in a series, which he might, because with with being a third scoring option, you know, arguably second, first, or third. Like yeah. these guys, all three of these guys could at any time be the first, second, or third. It yeah. doesn't matter. But I, I feel like AD as a third option. Let's say arguably a third option, just based on credentials. Mm-hmm. My God, he yeah. probably could beast. No pressure on him in terms of you know the defensive schemes they'll they'll have to spread it across all three players mm-hmm. he could absolutely on, yeah feast on 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 it's, most of these teams it's unimaginable what that team could have done and especially in a time where kobe bryant you know god bless his soul and rest in peace you know had to pass this year yeah could have been a true homage to a lot of things. How? Sure, yeah, I mean, like, listen, that would have been a dynasty for sure. Dynasty. For sure, would have been one of the <laughs> craziest dynasties. Oh, uh, uh, Lakers run. So, okay, uh, dust to settle. Uh, someone put the post up. Jimmy Butler is better than Paul George. No one should argue otherwise. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, absolutely agree. Um, listen, I already thought that last year when Butler led that Philly team and he led them. Let's let's not get it twisted, especially in that Raptor series. He was completely demolishing us. Um, the the guy's a born leader. Even on this Miami team, he's not really doing that well. I at least in my opinion, in mm-hmm. terms of the scoring. But he's the leader, the de facto leader, and mm-hmm. that's and that's the difference. I think he has a a, a leadership ability that even Kawhi doesn't have, mm-hmm. uh, and that's what makes him so special. How about you? And yeah, I think without a doubt, Jimmy Butler hustles. And I think that alone, man, this man wakes up at 4 a.m. in the morning. He works out. He starts his day at 4 a.m. in the morning. I don't know any NBA player that starts their day at 4 a.m. Maybe besides, besides LeBron James. Besides Kobe. Like, and those Kobe. are Kobe stories, man. Yeah. Like, oh, my goodness. And you, so, did you see, hear that interview the other day where uh, Udonis Haslam was basically saying him and Jimmy Butler sleep on the couch mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because this is a business trip for them? Yeah. It's like, oh, my God. These guys are so locked in. It's, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. So I think Jimmy Butler has that um, maturity. He knows what he wants, which is obviously a championship. He knows how to play. Like, there was a play I was telling you about uh, in game two uh, where Dragic – uh, sorry, where Jimmy dives out of bounds, saves the ball to Dragic back at half court, gets up and runs to the net where Dragic passes it back to Jimmy Butler and dunks it. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone else dives for a ball, gets back up and runs toward the net. But no. Jimmy Butler did it. No. Um, the great thing about the Heat team, um, and there's so much to talk about in this NBA playoffs. It's one of the great playoffs I think I've ever experienced, I think, in my lifetime. I agree with you. 
there's so many stories, but what I love about this Miami Heat team, and you said it best, was that uh, Miami Heat doesn't need Jimmy Butler to do well. And Jimmy Butler doesn't need the Miami Heat to do well, but they all do well together. Yeah. You know, and I may have blurred that word, you know, more or less, but these guys play like such a cohesive unit. Tyler, Tyler Hero is emerging oh, you know, as a player. Oh my goodness, yeah. And if you, if you hear the stories of Tyler Hero, Tyler Hero, and you see Spolstra, uh, and, and a fun fact, Spolstra gets 120K every playoff win. 200K, I thought it was. Oh, maybe it was 200K. I thought I saw 120, but he makes uh, over, he makes six figures yeah, Every they say, playoff. They they said if he wins the championship, he'll have one uh, or not one, but earn two million dollars, which is insane for just winning the just playoffs. in the playoffs. Yeah, crazy. So the the story with Tyler Hero is, uh, he you know he's 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 a young guy. Uh, he's from K- uh, Kentucky, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they would put him on Jimmy Butler, and Jimmy Butler would destroy him. And this mm-hmm. is in practice. Obliterate him. Now you're reaping, uh, you're sowing, you know, the, the fruits of your labor. And that, this guy performs. That's what I was going to mention too, is the fact that they're such a good fit. Because Jimmy Butler, by a, like, I think is a great leader, but only on certain teams, right? Because some teams, they just well, don't Jimmy have... Jimmy Butler is, yeah, t- tough love, right? Right, exactly. Some teams, they don't have that kind of culture. We saw it in, with the Timberwolves in which, mm-hmm. you know, he just did not fit. Like, those guys, they can't take the tough love. Miami is known for tough love. Miami's a team that if you're not in shape at the start of camp, you don't play. Yeah. It doesn't matter who you are. Dude, they didn't even play Kendrick Nunn, which is like a top three rookie this year <laughs> yeah. in the first round because he was, I think he was injured or COVID or personal or whatever. He hadn't practiced with the team. And Spolstra's like, no, you're not playing because we got to run right now. I just, it's just intelligent. It's just amazing. It's well, like, they just they take no guff. Look at the, the whole Dion Waiter situation. Oh yeah, they didn't oh, yeah. play him, and literally a couple weeks later, he, he got him. traded. Yeah, and they got value for him. Yeah, so they don't mess around in Miami, and Jimmy Butler works perfectly with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're seeing it. You're seeing like how much, how much uh, admiration they have for each other in terms of like Goran Dragic and Butler. They seem like best buddies and, and they're very cohesive. And then, like you said, you got Tyler Hero buying into the system. Oh, bam, I'm a uh, Oh, my goodness. One of the best blocks this playoffs. A dude, amazing block, man. Holy shit. This guy's going to be a second round in fantasy for sure this year. Yeah. I'm um, yeah. almost like you get to. He gets you high field goal percentages in the 60s. He gets you about 70 field goal percentages on the free throws. Mm-hmm. He'll get you your points, double-digit points. He'll get you double-digit rebounds. He'll get you at least five assists, maybe possibly a steal. He'll get you timely blocks, maybe one, one and a half blocks, possibly more. I believe he can shoot one three. Um, he doesn't hurt you really anyway, and he just, he, oh, man. He's almost like a, uh, a cat light. He is cat light, yeah. You know what I mean? And and he could very well be just as good as Carl uh, Anthony Towns in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's terms of stat-wise, I really don't think Carl Anthony Towns is that good of a player, but you can't deny his stats. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Miami Heat is... Uh, they're for real. And they're facing Boston, yeah. who just got off the game, you know, seven games from us. They're up 2-0, and they're starting to frustrate Boston, mm-hmm. which is even more crazy. It is crazy, considering that... Boston really should have been frustrated in that Raptors series, but they look so poised. Mm-hmm. Even you know, giving up a a two nothing lead and almost a three you know 
uh, 3-0 lead. You think that would have frustrated them, but they look so locked in. And now we're seeing it all unravel against Miami. It's like, what is it about Miami that just kills teams' vibes? Just it kills their juju. It's the fourth quarter. Miami Heat are one of the scariest teams on defense. You just can't do anything. Jason Tatum only took 12 shots in game two, which is inexcusable. Um, Jalen Brown played really well, in my opinion. I don't know why Marcus Smart would start a fight with him. Um, Marcus Smart, you need to be a leader. You don't go in there and start yelling at people. I, I, you know I've what? never liked Marcus Smart. I don't think anyone really likes Marcus Smart. Uh, I think he's a great defensive player, uh, but I think he has that habits. He has that immaturity that Pep Beverly has. Mm -hmm. Um, Although somebody on Reddit said that uh, Pep Beverly, I mean, Marcus Smart is who Pep Beverly thought he was. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, that's kind of true too. But uh, besides the point, I agree with you. Marcus Smart, uh, I don't think he adds to a very... um, good locker room no i mean if you had a guy like jimmy butler to put him in place it it, it might work Mm -hmm. but all these other guys are very mature young like you know gentlemen's right like yeah ellen brown jason tatum uh they're young young. and kemba who's actually i feel a liability for boston he just has not been playing very well in my opinion well, um, we're starting to see the faults of being six foot tall. <laughs> seriously. Like, I mean, Kyle Lowry is the only six foot tall point guard that makes it work because he's so strong. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about Kyle Lowry, but he could actually guard on the inside. Uh, mm-hmm. It's probably that big caboose of his. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, you're seeing Kemba Walker just being outsized and outmatched. Yeah. I mean, he'll make a three in the fourth and then he'll just be bla- like, that's it. You don't see him again. Um, in the last in the last game, uh, sorry, is this game uh, in game one? He shot thirty one percent, thirty two percent, right? Right. And in game in game two, uh, he shot forty seven, which is a lot better. Uh, but uh, just it didn't transition to a win. He was a negative ten on the floor. Uh, I like I like uh, what's his face uh, wa- uh, Brad uh, Watermaker. I like mm. him a lot better on the court. I mean, he hasn't done anything like crazy, but to me, when I see him on the court, he does more for the team than what Kemba Walker is doing right now. So, well, I think the other thing too is Kemba Walker has high expectations. He was supposed to be their star. Right? He was an all star, right? In, exactly. They br- they brought him in to be their number one guy, right? Yeah. Like I don't and think Kyrie's anyone. Departure. Yeah, I don't think anybody really thought Jason Tatum was going to be the number one guy, maybe number two. Yeah. But Kemba Walker was supposed to be that guy, and he just really he's playing like Van Vliet, which isn't a bad player per se, but you're not playing to your the level that you're expected to play at. Yeah. Now. Um, how do you see the rest of this series going? I, I think Boston is definitely going to be fired up for game three. I think, I think it'll go to game seven, to be honest. I don't think so. Um, I think Miami beats them. I don't know if they can match the defensive intensity that Miami's putting up. Uh, Miami's also, they're sort of, I always say this, I think, I think you see it. When the Dallas Mavericks won that championship, they were just in another mode. When the Toronto Raptors won the championship, they were sort of in a different mode, but obviously there were situational uh, circumstances as well. Mm-hmm. But you're, you're sort of seeing that mentality 
Uh, I'm seeing it with the Miami Heat. I'm not saying I don't see it from Boston, but like I said, Jason Tatum cannot be taking 12 shots. And if he is taking 12 shots, it's not because he wants to only take 12 shots. It's because they're playing good defense on him. And that goes back to Spolstra. That goes back to the Miami Heat and et cetera, mm-hmm. that they're just in that mode. Um, I'm not saying Boston can't come back and win. I just don't see it. And I already had pegged Miami beating Boston um, going into this um, conference finals. Um, I think it could go six. I think it will go six. I don't think it'll go seven, though. Um, it's funny that you compare it to that championship mentality because I, I honestly think that Boston really does have is displaying that uh, mentality because they're having a very similar run to uh, what the Raptors faced last year in terms of going to a tough game seven, and now they're down 0-2. Um, like, I, I especially saw it in that Raptors series in which uh, it was uh, – you saw them fight through some adversity. The Raptors kept bringing it to them, uh, but they kept cool and they remained calm, kept the games close, um, and eventually won that series. Uh, let's not uh, forget that they also beat Philly in the first round. Obviously, it was a handicapped Philly team, but uh, still Joel Embiid. They beat Joel Embiid, which is crazy. Then again, mm-hmm. Miami did beat Giannis in the Bucks. Miami was a uh, feat, dude, 4-1? Four, four For sure. And uh, their only Miami's only loss in the playoffs right now is to a Giannis-less Milwaukee team. Mil- Milwaukee team, which is like insane. I agree with you. I, I just think like they haven't faced adversity yet, which is I feel like Boston has mm-hmm. uh, in that Raptors series. So I, I don't count them out. Um, I definitely think that uh, at the, obviously at this point I got to give Miami the edge, but I do think it's going to be a close series. I think. Boston will come back uh, in this game three and at least be able to push it to game seven. Well, it's, it, this is win or go home. If they don't win, they're going to be down 0-3. And yeah. percentage base-wise, you don't come back. No. Nope. Uh, I, think, I think Boston will, but I'm not counting the heat out to just fucking run, you know, steamroll past you. Um, like I said, three, you're up 3-0. This is win or go home. Yeah, for sure. Um, they have to win this game tonight, for sure. Uh, I, I, I want to see what Miami does once they do finally face some adversity. What happens if Boston ties it up 2-2? Uh, is Miami going to be able to keep their steam going? Because right now, by all accounts, you know they're, they're playing at their best. But what happens when they don't? I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, that's the scary part. That is the scary so, part, but it's it'll happen. It happens every uh, every playoffs, you know. Yeah. Especially if they get past uh, Boston and say they got to face the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, this uh, the other thing I want to add. The scary part about this team, Miami Heat team, is that they play defense, but they're playing an inter- interesting uh, three point game. They uh, they outshot the three point uh, against Boston in Game One, and then they go to not shoot. Even I think it was a little below half of what, uh, a little over half of what Boston shot as a three, but they shot the ball better than them. Mm-hmm. So um, they can, it seems like they do a range of things. If the three point is working for them, you know, they'll do the three point. If it's not working for them, they just fade away and they just go inside like with BAM. So they have multi dimensions of different things that they do, right? And, and, and I think that's what makes this team, you know, so interesting and so special. Like Jimmy, Jimmy Butler hit uh, timely. Uh, mid-range shot in the fourth quarter with, uh, I think, a minute left. Um, and then he completely sort of doesn't really show up in game two. 
uh, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, 20 points, five rebounds, five assists. Um, you had Dragic with 29 points, Bam Amadeo with 18 points, and Jay Chowder with 22. So obviously Jay uh, Chowder at 22 points. I mean, they all showed up and played. So they're sort of all at the same level. It's, it's you know, you know that dynamic is so interesting uh, to me. Um, whereas Boston, it's been mostly, you know, Jason Tatum went off in game two, 30 points, 14 rebounds, five assists, three steals, two blocks. Still wasn't enough. But that's because no one else showed up. Uh, I think Marcus it, Smart did, I guess. But I think to add to your point, though, it's because Miami has to. Uh, mm. They don't have any clear-cut guys that, like, this is the go-to guy. Well, besides Butler, but um, whereas Boston, like, you have to go to Jason Tatum. You have to go to Jalen Brown. You have to go to Gamble Walker. These are your guys, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas uh, Miami, it's kind of like, yeah, go with whatever works because no one really is a superstar on this team anyways. And for Brad Steven, that's an incredibly difficult job now because as you pointed out, like there's no clear-cut star. So how do you really set up defenses? Because mm-hmm. if I double Butler, then this other guy who can hit drop 20 on me is going to go off. And it's just sort of, you know, you know what I mean? Like it's difficult, right? And I'm not I, putting Boston in a bad light. I just think it's, I think it's Boston, harder. Right? I think Boston just has to play really good man-to-man D because mm-hmm. if you look at Boston's starting roster, there should be no reason why each and every one of – minus Kemba Walker, he's the one guy on defense that I don't think is that great. But mm-hmm. you got Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and even Tice is a very mobile center. Mm-hmm. Uh, like all of these guys should be able to, to clamp up their, their, their man. Except maybe Tyson again, uh, definitely not Kemba. But on the opposite, on the flip side, Gordon Drogic, veteran. Um, Bam Amadeo is just on, uh, you know, he's very good at what he does. And Jimmy Butler, veteran. Yeah. Um, those guys are scary, um, if you ask me. I, playing defense on them, being 22 years old, Jason Tatum, uh, you know, however young Jalen Brown is, you know, Daniel Tice. Um, Kemba Walker's your only veteran, but he has no experience whatsoever. And then you got Marcus Smart, right? Like, Oh, yeah. I'm just talking about pure oh. athleticism, though, mm-hmm. in terms of I, athleticism talent. No reason why Jason Tatum, 6'8", you said he was? Mm-hmm. Why can't he clamp up those guys? I, dude, athleticism, <laughs> uh, Miami Heat is all athleticism, man. Those guys work out hard. Uh, they're gifted physically, man. They're, they're just scary guys. I'm not saying I mean, Jimmy not. Butler is an athletic beast for sure. Mm-hmm. Bam is an athletic beast. But come on, Goran's not an athletic beast. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I see your point uh, with Gordon, G- Gordon, the dragon, Dragic, but he's going into dragon mode, bro. I don't know what it is about Dragic, because typically I'm not afraid this. of this guy, but he has just been red hot in the Clutch, playoffs. Man, yeah. uh, like I said, he averaged 14 points last year, 70 points during the season this year, and all of a sudden he's scoring 22 uh, in his playoffs. Dude, he was a fantasy, like, wire, wa- waiver wire guy. <laughs> he's like the clutchest playoff guy right now it's insane and, and that's what i'm saying and that's why i'm saying like oh my goodness like i don't think anyone expected miami to do this well and i still think like when you look talent for talent boston's is the better team but they're obviously not showing it they're not well, showing it and that's what goes back to my point that it's just on all firing on all cylinders the miami heat look like they're poised mm-hmm. uh, you know to make a finals appearance and i've watched the two games and uh uh, game three is tonight, so it'll be very interesting. Obviously, there was a fallout from game two, rightfully yeah. so. Yeah. Um, I think probably could have been done better, um, um, but we'll see if it fires them up and, it, and they come out. I do hope Boston does win a game, but obviously, this is win or go home. You lose today. and I mean, if you lose today, it says a lot about Miami as well, Yeah. Um, that they're ready. 
and oh, they for want sure. to make that move, right? I, 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 I'm not, yeah, listen, Miami is playing their best basketball and it's, it's shown in the results. They're, they're playing really good basketball. Um, I just got to think that Boston uh, has to put their talent together and if they can get it together, uh, you know, let's see what happens when Miami has to face a little bit of adversity. Let's see if they can change the momentum and shift the, the, uh, the story of this series. Um, it's, it's something that Denver's done against both their series in terms of shifting that momentum. Um, and I was re- watching an interview with, uh, or a podcast with JJ Redick and I forget who it was, was, but they're basically saying you sometimes players can really feel that shift. And mm-hmm. I think the Clippers felt that when they, you know, lost that game four and then, or sorry, game five and then six, and then obviously game seven, I think they already, I think they had already lost in their head mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's possible that Boston could do that. We saw that last year with um, Toronto and uh, Milwaukee, right? Like mm-hmm. Milwaukee also was on fire. Uh, mm-hmm. They were poised for a finals uh, appearance and, and then it shifted. Um, and I think Boston can do that. Let's see. Game three is going to be pivotal, very pivotal. Yeah, it'll be very interesting tonight uh, to watch it. Um, the thing um, that kind of scares me um, is the, for Boston anyway, uh, is Again, uh, their response, um, what I'm afraid of is what Jason Tatum was actually criticized for two years, you know, mm-hmm. about two years ago. And that was that he goes into Mamba mode and he starts missing shots. Uh, I mean, oh, yeah. if, if, you know, if you actually know Kobe's career, um, he was actually criticized heavily for taking shots, bad shots. Mm-hmm. The difference was he did make those shots, but he took a lot of bad shots well, to the make the shots that he could make Well, the difference was, too, was he, on, he right? had a lot of poor games, like that Phoenix yeah. series. Mm-hmm. He had a really bad game, but because they won, nobody remembers. Yeah. Uh, so my fear is that Jason Tatum, coming, you know, only taking 12 shots in the last game, may come out guns blazing, and it may not be to his advantage with the Heat defense. That's the only thing I'm scared of. Jalen Brown doesn't scare me too much because Jalen Brown is always poised in my opinion, right. but he's not the guy that's going to drop 30. No, not always. He does no. do it. He can, but it's Jason Tatum yeah. for sure. Uh, I agree with you, but at the same time, I, I like, we haven't seen that Jason Tatum since last in year. In a long time, in a yeah. very long time. Yeah. But I, and this is the thing about me is you're always due for those games and it's, it's scary it's when true, it happens, right? But I'm so, like, if, I feel like if we were going to see it, we would have saw it in that Raptor series as well because he did have a, a, uh, a poor game in that Raptor series, but then he came back and scored like 30 and, in the next. And that's, yeah, and that's the thing. With the Raptors, I feel like no one could take Jason Tatum. He did have that one bad game, but I felt like there was no one on that Raptors team that could really stop him, even as a team. He looked unstoppable, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, again, he didn't shoot bad. He's not shooting bad right now. He had a he was fifty uh, percent from the field in game two, just gun um, shy. Yeah, and he was forty one percent in the in the in game one. He wasn't gun shy there, but he dropped 30, 14 rebounds, five assists, three steals, two blocks. He did everything. Six for six from the um, from the, from the line, um, but they still lost. Right? Now I will throw in another factor here. Gordon Hayward is apparently potentially gonna play in game three tonight. Mm-hmm. And if not, he'll probably at least be in game four. Mm-hmm. Is that, um, is obviously that's going to help the Boston uh, Celtics, but how much will that help the Celtics? I don't think it helps them. You don't think it helps them? No. 
So this is why I think, and it goes back to Marcus Smart now, who I said had a great series against Toronto. He's still having a good series. Uh, he's doing all the things. He's a defensive anchor. Now, Gordon Hayward is not a defensive anchor. Gordon Hayward's going to bite into the minutes that Marcus Smart has. Obviously, you're down 0-2, so Marcus Smart's not working. Um, but I think with Gordon Hayward coming from injury, um, and he, I don't think he's practiced as much as we would like to see maybe. He definitely didn't grind out in that Toronto series. He definitely has fresher legs. They might be looking for him to score. So in that regard, it's a possibility, but I think he's going to hurt them more than he's going to help them. Um, he definitely can put up 15 points per game, but what do you sacrifice in order to get that, which is going to be Marcus's smart. And again, I don't like Marcus smart. So for me to even be saying this, I've put a little bit of thought into this that you may take away from what Marcus might be able to do to get into a groove. Um, again, does Brad, how much Brad Stevens plays Gordon Hayward is a different question, but I don't know if he helps them or he doesn't help them. It's hard for me to say, uh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with no, he doesn't help them. Here's what I'm going to say. Gordon Hayward, 17.5 points, 6.7 boards, 4.1 assists this season. Anybody... It doesn't have to be Gordon Hayward, but any player that averages that and comes back is going to help them, I think, at least in my opinion. Um, and that's just from a point of, like, this is a guy who scores 17 points in the season. Like, this is the average this. It's not like uh, uh, some kind of bum. He's a starter for sure, and he's a good starter at that. Uh, you know, those are good stats. Um, so I think he's definitely going to contribute. I agree with you that uh, there might be a little bit more of a defensive lapse, um, but – I mean, if they just go guns blazing on the offense, maybe they don't need the defense as much. Yeah, but uh, Miami is going to bring that defense that I don't think Gordon Hayward's ready for. Um, and I think he's going to not know how to react to it. It's I don't possible. know how you... I don't really know how you prepare for a Miami Heat defense. I really don't. It's one of the scariest fourth quarter defenses I've seen in a long time. But now you're putting a strong fourth option instead of Marcus Smart. So now mm. the Miami defense has to split between four guys who can score uh, 20 on any given night. Mm. That's kind of scary to me. And, and the other thing, too, is don't count out Daniel Tice, man. That guy really ate us up uh, in that Raptors series. Score, I think he averaged like 10 points that series. Like mm. I know 10 is not a lot, but... Um, he can score when, when you know, if, if the Miami uh, defense is looking at these four guys, he can get open and score. Okay, so to your point, Daniel Tice has not shown up in this series. Four points, four rebounds, three assists, one block in the first game. He was a plus 12, though, so he was a shining spot. Mm -hmm. uh, in game two, uh, six points, eight rebounds, three assists. Um, he was a minus 15 in game two. He played 31 minutes in game two. And he played uh, 35 minutes in game one. He's got to show up. I agree with your point. Daniel Tice is good. And he's a dangerous guy. But I think Bam is just too much for him. Oh, yeah. But I'm talking about Daniel Tice as a fifth option, man. I'm talking mm -hmm. about him as your last option. But he's got to show up. And I agree with you. <laughs> he's a good... He can play basketball. But he's got to show up. And he hasn't shown up. And I think it's all due to, 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 to Bam. Bam, Bam. Bam Bigelow is, you know, is on the hunt. This guy is scary. I think he's, 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 he's just amazing. Um, he's I just agree a, with you. Like, listen, good. Bam is way better than Tice. All mm -hmm. I'm saying is when you put in Hayward, you put in a legitimate fourth scoring option, it's going to open up some opportunities. And, and 
and I was just saying that Daniel Tice, when given opportunities, he can get open layups. Yeah. Uh, which we saw him do against the Raptors. Um, now, I don't know if they've updated Gordon Hayward's uh, status. status uh, yeah. He was he was a, a game time decision though I think originally, uh, mm-hmm. but if he comes back I do think he's going to play a factor. I don't think he'll be I like I don't think it's going to be a shoe in for Boston to win, but it's definitely going to help them for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Like you said, it's going to be a really big game tonight. If they lose, uh, th- that is, if Boston loses, I I, th- I think you're right. It's game over. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this Miami team is an interesting one, man. Mm-hmm. How oh, do you think? How dude, do you the, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, how do you think the Raptors would have feared against them? Better. Yeah. I think it's I the mentality thing. Better. Yeah. Because we play that level of defense. And the thing about the Raptors is we kind of mimic our opponent. Mm-hmm. If they're playing hard defense, we start playing hard defense. If they're playing good offense, we start playing good offense, right? Mm-hmm. I know we had an offensive struggle against Boston because they would, the thing about Boston was, like you said, they would hit like three threes in like 30 seconds. Yeah. And we don't, we're, we're not built like that. No. We kind of... We kind of linger and we, we chip away, right? We chip away. Yeah, That's what we do. We hustle at her. And Miami is a hustling team, right? So I think we would have fared better. Um, would we have won? I don't know. But I think we would have maybe fared. I don't know. It's, it's hard to say because I'm sure Boston fans would be like, F no. If you guys were going to fare better versus Miami, you would have beaten us. And it's, it's, yeah. a, it's a fair it's point. It's a fair point, yeah. Um, I thought prior to even you know the Raptors series ending, I thought uh, Boston or Raptors would be able to take Miami. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're right. Miami's been playing their best basketball. And the crazy thing was, at the beginning of the season, we both agreed Miami Heat was a team. Dark that horse. could shock. Yeah. yeah. And, and here we are, you seeing know, it. nine months later, almost 10 months later, seeing it. Proof. Uh, more yeah. than 10 months, I should say. The season started like almost a year ago. Yeah. And we talked about this around this time, right? Like, the, like Miami Heat looks poised. And, they, they, and you know what? Uh, I think it was, uh, I forget who it was. I think it was um, one of those shows. They were saying that the break helped the Miami Heat the most because they were looking gassed. Because if you look at the minutes that are being played, it's 35 and over for all the starters. Spolstra is going sometimes seven on the roster D. Yeah, seven, yeah. Or, or less. Yeah. He's playing these guys, and it's because that's how Miami plays. And, and, and they were saying that the, uh, the break was best for Boston because we gave up on Boston. Uh, sorry, uh, Miami. I'm sorry. Miami, not Boston. Because they looked a lot more tired. They weren't putting up points. We we're saying the Raptors, the amount of points the Raptors would put up, we'd put up by the third. They'd put up in the entire game. So that would have been it for them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, here we are. Uh, Miami's the one that has all this energy again now, right? Yeah. So, interesting. It is an interesting series. Uh, big time game tonight. Let's see what happens. Um, I don't even really know. Like, I know we chose teams. You said you wanted Miami to win. I was saying I wanted Boston to win. But mm-hmm. uh, honestly, I really don't have a, a horse in this one. Like, either of those guys wins. Um, well, it's, it's just good basketball. It's hard when you're rooting for the for the Canada Nuggets, right? So um, everyone <laughs> well, aboard. We're, we're definitely rooting for Denver now. My gosh, uh, all aboard! You know what we failed to talk about, by the way. Let's go back to the Clippers for just one moment, because uh, let's beat the horse while they're dead, right? <laughs> the doctor. The doctor. Yes. The doctor. Mm-hmm. People oh. are qu- people are questioning whether he's a real doctor now. <laughs> 
Doc Rivers. Why is this guy not fired? Mark, can you answer me that? Uh, he, he has uh, deep connections, dude. He got a uh, owner fired, obviously because he's being stupid, but uh, he's got deep connections in the NBA. Um, he would never have been fired. That would have been probably too embarrassing for his... Uh, uh, I think Steve Ballmer just didn't have the balls to do it, no pun intended. Three um, blown 3-1 series, twice with the Clippers. Three decades, the, Cl- the, the, the Bush administration... <laughs> The Obama, Obama administration, and now, and now the, the Trump. Trump administration, and now they're 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 hosing up for a f- possibly a fourth administration of a blown three-one. Now I'm wondering if if this is all because Ka- Kawhi wants to play for Doc. Maybe it is. Maybe could be Kawhi is the one calling the shots behind all of this. But I can't imagine that Doc's gonna be. I okay. It's it's funny too because at the beginning of the year I was saying Doc's one of the best coaches out in the NBA, and I still think he is. I just think you're completely seeing his flaws. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the biggest things in my mind is his, uh, flaw, his favoritism. Mm-hmm. For some reason, he put Montrez Hero in there, mm-hmm. who completely got shot down by Jokic. Um, and what's his name? Who's their other center on uh, the Clippers there? Uh, Zubach. Zubach was actually not playing great, but playing better. Mm-hmm. Playing better than Montrez. And he got like, Shafted. what, 50, yeah, 15 minutes maybe. Mm-hmm. How do you continue to play a guy like Montrez when he was so garbage? And even Lou Williams shot like four for 24 from the three in that series. How do you continue to play Lou Williams when he can't shoot? Like this is his only job. And if he can't do it, he's got to be benched. Yeah. And you have a deep bench so you could play if you want. But again, that's how they run things in the Clippers. They play. It's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. It's embarrassing. How do you not stop the bleeding? Yeah, well, I like I said right after the bat game seven I'm like you gotta fire Doc, mm-hmm. and it's not happening. So it is what it is, right? And 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 in in all hood, this is the best thing that could happen for the Raptors, in many ways, because if Kawhi doesn't like how the way Clippers are going, I'm not saying he's gonna come back to Toronto, but like, hey, bro, you left us the greatest one and done, but you left us to not run it back to go to this team. Yeah. If you don't win in three years or two years or whatever the hell's left, wow. That's yeah. going to be a disappointment. It'll be a huge disappointment and a big question mark on his career because mm-hmm. uh, I honestly think they could have repeated as champs if Kawhi stayed with the Raptors. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They would have been favored for sure. You're definitely going to be favored when you run it back. You got traded to a Toronto Raptors team not by choice. Then you, by choice, went to the L.A. team. And, you lost. You know, it's, it's – it's, it's, uh, what do you call that? Uh, not karma, but, like, it's a storybook. It's, it's irony. It's, you know, it's irony, that, yeah. right? It's just, it is what it is. And the, and the Raptors lost game seven and we were kicking ourselves in the can only for the Clippers to get demolished. And yeah. the compl- everyone's not even thinking about the Raptors no more. No. And I think that, again, the difference is, is you look at how the Raptors lost. I mean, we lost a close game seven series. We were mm-hmm. in that game seven all the way up. All the way. The Dude, we only lost by five points. Not no. embarrassing. Nope. Uh, not embarrassing. And, and we lost to a team that just had more talent than us. And that's what it, what it came down to. Uh, Clippers, by all accounts, have the most talent in the league. Mm-hmm. And they could not put it together. And then, yeah, they're going to say chemistry. But you know what? A lot of teams are new. Miami Heat mm-hmm. are a new team. They got great chemistry. Mm-hmm. The Lakers are a new team. They mm-hmm. got great chemistry. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is, I mean, chemistry isn't the reason why you guys combined no. for two points in the second half. No. Uh, no. That's not, you know, valid in my mind. No. 
and 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 I'm not knocking any pegs off Denver. You guys are playing amazing. Oh. You guys are playing inspiring basketball. Yes. I don't want to just blame, 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 blame to the Clippers. The Denver Nuggets are here to play. They didn't do too well last night, but no. they're here to play. And you can never count them out because they're no. the only team in NBA history to be down 3-1 twice. Well, much, much like Miami, they have heart, man. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you're really seeing in this particular playoffs especially that it's not mm-hmm. just about talent, man. Yep. You got to have some of that heart. You got to have some of that grit. You got to have the mentality. Mentality is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know, man. But going back to Doc Rivers, uh, I don't know how he still has his job. And it's not because I hate Doc Rivers. Um, again, I think he still is one of the best coaches. I just, coaches were fired left and right for a lot less than what he did. Mm-hmm. Giving up a 3 1 lead with, the heavily favored team, uh, not just the series, but for the entire playoffs, that's just unexcusable. Yep. Yep. Now, what do you think the Clippers have to do um, in order to get to that level? Do they just run it back and just hope they figure things out? Probably. That's probably what they're going to do. That's what they're going to do. But what do you think they need to do? Oh, get rid of Paul George. Uh, get rid of Patrick Pat- Beverly. Ev, yep. Uh, possibly get rid of uh, Harold, but I, I think you can keep him. I don't think Montrez was too bad. No, but um, I think he was bad in this cancers. series for sure. But um, yeah, you got to get rid of the shit talkers. Mm-hmm. That's just not good mentality. And just guys that don't perform. Paul George, you yeah, you got to get rid of him. The guy's not good. He's just Paul not good. George, I mean, even Lou Will, like I keep Lou Will. Because he's a cheap contract and he's a six man and he can drop twenty. He definitely didn't show up. I, he I, is, but he just he never shows up in the big games. Like mm. he'll get you there, um, but in the big games, is he a guy that I would rely on? No. Like again, he shot like fifteen percent from three in this series. It's just not good enough. Last year, um, again, completely uh, just fizzled out at the end there. Um, yeah. uh, obviously they exceeded expectations last year, but, uh, you know, he should have done more and he, he didn't do more when he needed to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, you get rid of Lou will, especially because you're right. He is a cheap contract, but you could probably get something for him. Cause he is a good player. He is well, a... for sure. And a contract that, 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 that's, that's small. Yeah. You can get plenty for a perennial six man uh, player. Like I would trade him, get someone who, who could lock down your defense. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, so that's what I would do and, and, and uh, start building a defensive-minded team um, and a team that knows their roles. Yeah. So. That's speeding a dead horse, guys. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, there's not much more to say. It's just embarrassing. Yeah, and um, we'll, we'll continue to beat them down because uh, I, I don't think they were a very likable team this year. Yeah, yeah. I like squashing. I like squash match- matches, so we'll, we'll be beating them forever. <laughs> Now let's talk about Denver because uh, you're right, man. Denver needs some love and they deserve it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for all Jamal Raptors Murray. fans out there, yeah, for all Raptors fans out there, Jamal Murray supported us during our run last year. It's now our time to give yeah. our energy to the spare bomb that Jamal Murray is. Jamal Murray, man, creating. Uh, for, uh, what round does he go in next year in fantasy? Second. Uh, second. He could he could easily go first. I could see it, but I think he's gonna go second because Jokic is gonna go first. Yeah. But he's easily a high second round pick right up there with Jason Tatum. First two picks, I wouldn't be surprised. See, my, my thing is uh, these are guys I probably won't touch because um, I'm not sure they'll play as well in the season as they have in this playoffs. Like, 
like I said, I think uh, Jamal Murray only averaged like 18 points this season. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jason Tatum was around the same, like 20-something, 20 22. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I don't like I don't think I will personally touch them, but I could definitely see them going second round and they could definitely uh, exceed expect, well, not exceed expectations because a lot of people think uh, they're going to do well, but they could live up to the expectations for sure. Yeah. Uh, I think Jamal Murray may not go too crazy on the averages, but he doesn't hurt you anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and with uh, Jason Tatum, he's definitely going to go off. He's found his scoring touch. Mm-hmm. So I could easily see him averaging like over 25 points a game. Right. I'm so. just, I, I guess I'm a little bit, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, a little um, uh, traumatized from uh, the Pascal Siakam situation. Uh, again, a guy who similarly killed it in the playoffs last year and we picked him pretty high because we thought he was going to kill it mm-hmm. which he should have mm-hmm. and he he did okay he just to did his, okay to his credit he started off hot he did start off hot and he was in the mvp voting he was 10th yeah so it does say something yeah but would you know have knowing what his stats were would you have picked him again knowing what his stats were yeah no, I would not have picked them as high as I did. I picked yeah. them second round, so I would yeah. not have picked them. No. And that, again, that's my concern, right? Um, and this is my concern with a guy with uh, like uh, Jason Tatum. I think for me too, my strategy going into fantasy this year is there's so many safe picks that it, it's uh, it, like you might as well take the safe mm-hmm. bets. Mm-hmm. Guys that you know, like proven time and time again that they'll go off. That's the same reason why I wouldn't choose Steph Curry, even though I, I, I have a sneaky feeling he is going to go off this year. Mm. Yeah, Golden State's going to be the weirdest team this year. Being basically out for the entire year and uh, getting a huge draft pick. Yes. And they have Andrew Wiggins as well. So. Oh, man, I forgot about Andrew Wiggins. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I, where do you got them pegged in the West uh, next year? Don't make playoffs. I don't know, though. They could be bottom bottom half Ooh. easily. Yeah. I'm going to say they will be in the top half of the bracket. I mm-hmm. put them around like four. Right around mm-hmm. four would, would be my guess. And it could happen. I think it'll be Lakers, Clippers, Denver. Uh, who else? Am I missing any teams? Could be Portland if they get it together. Portland's done, dude. They they were fighting for a playoff spot. Yeah, I but I, again, just nothing clicked this year for them. Uh Dude, they had a stacked team. They couldn't do it. They did have a stack. That's why I'm saying it's possible they could jump up. You never know. Well, with that much talent, you can never count them out with that it's much true. talent. It's true. It's possible. Yeah, I guess you go and say actually top half. You're right. Um, um, Portland could, could, but I don't see it, man. They've been, they've been getting worse every year. I don't yeah. know why. Well, the other thing, too, is like you said, uh, how old is Dame? He's in his prime prime right now. This yeah, he's in it. prime prime. Yeah, this is it. This like is he's it got for him. one or two more years left. That's it. In his prime prime. Yeah. So not he, in the league, just the prime prime. He he's got to do it this year. Um, and then the West just oh, we're forgetting about Dallas. Oh shit, dude, Dallas. Yeah. You know we're forgetting about Utah. Oh my goodness, they got mm-hmm. the West is back to being uh, the stacked uh, conference. Uh, but I will still say that the East top half can mm, compete with the West. Strong. Oh yeah. Milwaukee, Boston, Toronto, Miami. Miami, and now Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Oh man, I forgot about Brooklyn. So it's I, not because I want to, but I may have to take Toronto out and put Brooklyn in there. So yeah, top half of East is pretty scary. Yeah. 
Um, so crazy, crazy. But uh, these playoffs are something else. Who do you got winning all of this? Final four teams. You got Denver, Lakers, Miami, and Boston. Okay, so as it stands right now, it would be the Lakers against the Miami Heat. Oh, yeah. boy. That is quite difficult. I think the Lakers are going to win. In my mind, um, if the Lakers face Miami, I think they will beat them and beat them pretty easily. No, I disagree with that. I think they're going to win, and I think that'll go seven. I th- and the reason I say that is because Miami beats you by their – okay, first of all, they just play really good team ball, but um, they put so much pressure on you. But I don't think the Lakers get – well, at least LeBron James won't get phased by that. Mm-hmm. He'll continue to play his game um, and continue to, you know, get his buckets and get his team involved. Um, now, Anthony Davis would kind of be where, um, you know, it's, he has to play well in order for the Lakers to win. But I'm not worried about uh, the kind of effect that you're seeing Miami have on Miami uh, – sorry, Miami – on um, Boston, the same effect that they had on, on uh, Milwaukee. Um, I don't see that affecting uh, LeBron James. That's all mm-hmm. I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why I think the Lakers uh, would win. And I think they would win easily because at that point, I think it comes down to the talent. And I think the Lakers just have way better talent. Mm-hmm. No, they got LeBron James. LeBron James and Anthony Davis, better than oh, Bam. Oh, shoot. Yeah, be- better <laughs> than Bam. Anthony. Well, that'll be the test, right? It'll be Bam against Anthony Davis. If Bam, Bam can shut Anthony Davis down, it's just LeBron it's James. It's not right? going to happen. Um, I'm sorry Oof. to say, like, Bam plays Wells, but come on, man. Anthony Davis is, is the far better player. Mm, we'll see, man. Bam, Bam, <laughs> is, Bam is scary. But then again, AD plays. I don't know. For, it's weird because AD is always in conversation, and he is first-team defense um, and he's always in the defensive player of the year, but I never see him as a defensive threat, which is kind of weird. I don't know if you, if you have the same view. That um, I, do. I don't see the individual plays, but um, like I do see it in terms of like, like look what he did at Denver yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, he totally got Jokic out of his rhythm and not to say that Jokic had a really bad game, but it was a very abnormal game for Jokic. He didn't get the assist that he wanted. And the other thing too, is when I, when I was watching parts of the game, cause I watched a little bit of the end there, um, is when Jokic did get his timely passes to open guys, Anthony Davis was right there to like cover them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so not only is he a big presence on the inside, but he's quick. He's so quick mm-hmm. for a big guy. Yeah. Uh, quite it's quite interesting. It's just, it's very interesting. Um, like in my mind, I think Boston gives Lakers more trouble than Miami will. Um, and that's just all about oh, matchup. Dude, I don't, I disagree with that. I think Lakers sweep Boston. I, I think you're, I think, I think you're putting Boston on too high of a pedestal. Again, I, it's a matchup for me. It's about, mm-hmm. um, just the talent. I think when you face Lakers, you got to beat them with talent. You can't mm-hmm. beat them with sheer will which mm-hmm. is what Miami's doing in which is yeah and that's what I would I would say you beat Lakers with will not with talent I think talent fizzles out man but uh it's interesting it's super interesting because the Lakers against Houston as an example we said that they're essentially weaknesses of each other right mm-hmm. but the Lakers uh, demolish them right yeah so uh interesting yeah so I I mean again LeBron James X Factor. He's the factor, exactly, man. Exactly. Yeah. He's the real factor when it comes down to it. Um, yeah. So uh, that's uh, 
That's that'll be an interesting one. But uh, you got Miami being Boston. Um, I'll I'll stick with Boston. I'm rooting for Boston. Um, let's go with that um, and see who who comes out in that one. Lakers, I think, beats. Uh, Denver and then this Cinderella story. Now let let's let's play devil's advocate. Denver makes it. Um, and Miami. If makes Denver it. makes it, are th- any uh, Miami or Boston? I think if Denver makes it, uh, ironically, I think Miami would beat uh, Denver, mm-hmm. uh, but I think Denver would probably beat Boston. And that's the funny part. I think Boston would beat Denver. You think and Boston also, would beat Denver? Yeah, I think Boston would beat Denver. Interesting. Why do you I say think, that? I th- I I just think. I just think, again, and this comes down to your talent thing now. I think they have more talent on Boston than they do in Denver. Mm. Denver can clutch it out, but I think Boston just has more talent. I don't know. There's something about the chemistry of Boston and the chemistry of Denver that's similar in terms of, like, the energy that they produce. But I think Boston kind of just a little more. We're all over the place right now because I would say uh, Denver has more of the Miami energy than they have the Mm -hmm. Boston energy. I would say that their synergy right now is insane. And I think that's the one thing that Miami has over every team right now is Mm -hmm. synergy. Uh, They're playing as one cohesive unit. And I think when Denver is on fire, um, that's what we see. Uh, We see Jokic just completely being, you know, the mastermind behind everything and everybody else plays well around him. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then Jamal Murray obviously goes in and puts it 40 points. Uh, So that, uh, for me, is what puts Denver over Boston. But when you put uh, Denver against Miami, I feel like when you put synergy against synergy, Miami is just a stronger, uh, mm. cohesive team. It's tough because when I think about it now, I feel like Boston or Miami could be Denver. But then I'm like, it's Denver, and they did a lot of damage, <laughs> exactly right? right. It's it's the same thing I feel about Miami too. It's like I think that uh, Lakers could beat Miami, but. It's Miami. <laughs> yeah, it's Miami. Yeah. They're here to play spoiler. Like, and the thing is with Denver, it's just two guys. Like, yeah, I don't really. That's see... true. That's true. It's weird. From, from a talent perspective, you're right. It's just two guys, and they're not two of the best guys. No, they shouldn't it... at least be two of the best guys, but yeah. they are. Yeah, they're playing at some next level stuff right now. Yeah, but at so... the same time, look at Miami. Mm-hmm. Nobody. <laughs> yeah. Like their best guy is Jimmy Butler, and he's good. Don't get me wrong, but he's no offensive superstar. He's no, no. juggernaut. No. Um, so this whole playoffs has just been super interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny how uh, our, like our opinions are all over the place right here. I think. Yeah. That's a that's a funny one. Uh, yeah, it's it's super interesting because at least at least we know one of us will be right. One of us is going to be right in the end. Uh, I do hope we get a Lakers Miami final so uh, mm-hmm. so we can. Uh, Kind of see how that plays out. Yeah, um, we already got denied of a Lakers Clippers uh, semis, so or Western Conference Finals. Sorry. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, Interesting, nonetheless. Yeah. Very great, good playoffs right now. Yeah. So, um, I guess that Jan- is. Yeah, well, Giannis wins MVP second year oh, in a row. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Giannis has won MVP. Second year in the row, he he said, uh, "Don't call him an MVP until he wins a championship." Yeah. Uh, what do you make of all this? Uh, I know uh, LeBron had a lot to say about it. He was none too happy. Well, he was. He said LeBron said something very interesting. They're like, "Well, Giannis got Defensive Player and MVP." He's like, "Well, when they gave Marcus Saul Defensive Player, he made Second Team Defense." Yeah. So yeah, so essentially, what he's saying, you know, he was overlooked, and it's true. I agree with that. I agree with that assessment, hundred percent. 
The thing about Defensive Player of the Year, though, is that happens more than not. Wasn't there a player that won Defensive Player of the Year but didn't even make the defensive team? Which is insane. Uh, let I, me I don't uh, remember. let me Google this uh, while we yes. continue to talk. But I believe there was a player. Um, it's just weird because LeBron brings up a very good point. Um, he was upset that he only got 16 first-round picks uh, votes um, in comparison to um, – what Giannis got, which is something like out of this world, I think 80, 88 first round picks. So LeBron was pretty pissed at that. Uh, we were saying it's good between LeBron James and Giannis. Um, we were saying that it probably came down to his efficiency for the minutes, which it probably did. But yeah, 16 first round picks for LeBron James is pretty low, yeah. pretty surprising, uh, considering that he also headlined uh, the NBA first team with Giannis, Luca, Anthony Davis, and James Harden, which is an amazing company. Second team by Dame Lillard. Kawhi Leonard, Jokic, Chris Paul, Pascal Siakam, bam, second team. That's amazing. Um, and then the third team, which was Ben Simmons, Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler, Rudy Gobert, and Russell Westbrook. Oh, man. The, I disagree. I thought there was a bunch of snubs. First yeah. and foremost, my boy Cal Lowry got snubbed. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you say. Uh, you can talk about his stats, whatever you want, but that dude is a consummate leader and the Raptors were the second best team in the league in the season so how do you not give this man uh, um, an all NBA especially when you have um, Chris Paul on there mm-hmm. and I feel like they had similar uh, seasons this year in terms of uh, veteran point guards who just really outshone what they were expected to do yeah it's uh, how, how do I put this it's a snub, but it's like an accepted snub, I would say. Um, looking at the names that are there and saying, yeah, Kyle Lowry deserved to be there, definitely deserved to be there. It's arguable. Um, but again, it's, uh, it's one of those acceptable snubs. I mean, I think you also said Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton got, and he legitimately got snubbed <laughs> because he had more votes than Ben Simmons and uh, Russell Westbrook. And by a large margin, I think uh, Russell Westbrook got like 50 or 60 and mm-hmm. uh, Middleton at 80. But because it was a combined um, forwards and guards uh, and he had more forward uh, votes, um, he got put in the forward category and uh, unfortunately lost. Yeah. So it just, uh, the way the cards are dealt, I guess, sometimes. Um, it is what it is, but it's, I see it as an acceptable snub because at least people are saying that you got snubbed too. Right. So that, that says something. I mean, Dame Lillard is no, uh, uh, is no, uh, what do you call it? Uh, he's one to know about snubs. He's, his whole life's been a snub more or less in terms of uh, accomplishments. So, um, it is what it is. I mean, I'm surprised Pascal Siakam made second team. Yeah, I'm surprised about that. Like, I would have switched him and Tatum. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess when you're looking at the season, he did start off the season super hot. hot. He was super hot at the beginning, yeah. Uh, and it, w- it would have it been, a, like, a trade-off because Tatum also started off slow but finished hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's kind of like they reverse roles there. So um, still, though, I would have probably switched those two. And again, my boy Lowry. Oh, my goodness. Uh, who, other guys who didn't make the team, Trey Young. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit, yeah. Trey Young, Devin Booker. He balled out. Man, Trey Young's going to be a first-round pick. Devin Booker is going to be a good second-round pick. Maybe yeah. even first. So I can see maybe someone taking him first. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Those are some big names right there. Yeah. So a lot of big names left off this list. Um, I probably would have taken Russell Westbrook out just because 
Uh, I don't think he really played that well this season. Like he did play well, but not like compared to the other guys. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of guys that I felt uh, were more deserving for sure. Yeah. Uh, so I lied. There was no defensive player of the year. I think I was thinking of Marcus Gasol who won it and was on the second team. Mm-hmm. Um, and the year before that, actually Tyson Chandler won it was, but was also on the second team. Uh, didn't make the first team. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So, hmm. uh, any other snubs? I feel like there's some other guys that I felt were left off that NBA all NBA team that I thought should have made it. Uh, tough to say. I mean, you said some good names already, so um, I'm not sure. But yeah. uh, you know what's interesting about this year, and I feel like uh, we're gonna start seeing it over the next couple of years. Is it seems like it's the passing of the guard. Mm-hmm. You're seeing a lot of young players really starting to step up. Uh, obviously, Jamal Murray and Jokic, but um, let's not forget about Anth- uh, Anthony uh, Donovan Mitchell, Luka uh, Duka, Luka Duka Doncic, um, and then wow. Jason Tatum. Like Jason Tatum, we're yeah. seeing the new breed of players. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like guys like Curry are on their way out. Um, and then we'll see. We'll have to see how KD comes back from injury. Yeah. How do you think he'll do next year, by the way? I don't know. I don't think he's going to play a lot of games. I think he'll play maybe 50 to 60 games and then go to the playoffs. It might be enough, though, because they'll probably win every game with KD on the court. But I don't see him playing a lot of games. I don't know. Um, he should be fine. He's in the East, right? So you should, for the most part, be okay. Yeah. That, yeah he should. He should, mm-hmm. but um, you never know with these injuries, especially like him because he got injured and then he came back and then got injured again. Like I, I don't know how that affects mm-hmm. the recovery. Yeah, exactly. Mentality of returning. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. I don't know. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to be forced to pick him in fantasy. That's my <laughs> biggest fear that I may be forced to pick him. Yeah, yeah. Man. So again, he's a guy I just won't touch. There's just too many guys, man. Mm-hmm. Too many guys to be taking risks anymore, especially in the top four or five. Man, I've been having a fantasy drought, and I'm I'm tired of it. I'm picking with the safe picks. <laughs> Get me into the playoffs, my God. <laughs> uh, I've been hearing this all the time, safe picks. But sometimes you're put in positions. too enticing, where... man. I know. I, know. I get it. Yeah. I get it. It's too enticing. But uh, like, that's what fantasy is all about, right? Yep, that's it. So, uh, with that said, that about uh, is, you know, obviously a lot to, to digest. The NBA playoffs just keep on rolling. Um, one of the most exciting uh, years in playoff history. Um, and because of the bubble, I mean, they're playing every other day. Uh, it was just good basketball to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's been amazing. It's been really great. Can't wait for tonight's game as well. So, uh, I haven't been this excited in a while. So, yeah. Uh, Very good playoffs. Yeah, I'm still rooting for Denver. The the Denver Raptors uh, mm-hmm. go. Uh, you know, Jamal Murray, we're rooting for you, kid. Rooting for you, man. Take our energy. <laughs> Take our uh, all of it. That said, anything else uh, you want to talk about, Mark? What's on your mind? Uh, not much, man. It's just uh, I'm really interested in these playoffs. It's interesting because it's almost October, and we will we will have playoff finals in october and then uh the new season i believe starts december 1st so you literally have a month that's pretty wild and uh it, it's extremely wild and we still got off season to go man which is like gonna be six weeks which is gonna be the most craziest off season ever so yeah a lot of interesting stuff happening um in the nba yeah 
Oh, and uh, congratulations to Nick Nurse, by the way, getting his contract extension. Mm-hmm. Not that there was any doubt. Nope. Um, apparently Bobby Webster is close as well. Um, the only one that hasn't really had any news is Masai. A lot mm-hmm. of people are worried that, uh, that means he's not going to resign. I mean, I don't think it means anything. I think it just means they haven't had talks. Yeah. Yeah. They're probably not at that point just yet. Um, but well, we'll, we'll wait and see what happens. Um, I'm hoping he stays, but, uh, he did what he had to do. He won a championship. So. You got to imagine that if he's going to stick around in the NBA, he sticks with the Raptors. I don't see any other team being enticing him, yeah, enticing enough for him to leave this situation. Unless New York gives him like a billion dollars a year, which is very possible. Dolan. It's possible, but at the same time, the Raptors can afford that too if they really want to keep him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway. Owned by Rogers and uh, Bell, man. They'll just up the uh, internet prices another $10. Not much. Like, <laughs> not like we can do much, anyways. No, we try to fight it, but they need that money to hire for to keep Masai in Toronto. Then we'll we'll sure as hell do it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> if this is the Masai tax, I'm all in. So we're all just call it the Masai tax, and everyone will be in. That's it. Uh, the the Masai connection fee. <laughs> uh. <laughs> So that about does it. Uh, no wrestling uh, today on the WrestleBall podcast. We'll get into that hopefully next week. Uh, not really much has happened uh, over on that side anyways, but uh, there is, is there a pay-per-view this weekend or next weekend? Um, I think it's next weekend, I want to say. Yeah. Um, it's going to be uh, WWE, I believe, is holding it because, uh, you know, as we all know, uh, AEW does one every three months. Yeah. So it doesn't exactly get there. So uh, I think it's Night of Champions or something or something. Clash. Like Clash, Clash of Champions. Champions. Yeah. Next week. Next uh, Sunday. So uh, that'll be a big one. Uh, a couple of matches on there that uh, we'll look forward to. But uh, we'll save all of that for next week because right now it's all NBA all the time. Um, wow. Tonight's going to be a big game. You're mm. big on Miami, eh? Yeah, I'm very big on them, yeah. I really hope Boston wins now. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Bring it on, son. All right. Um, just kidding, guys. Uh, so that is it for the Russell Ball podcast. Uh, today is actually, we're doing this on a Saturday. So uh, enjoy your weekend, guys. Um, it is freaking chilly and uh, the summer is over. So mm-hmm. winter if, is coming. If you didn't get a chance to enjoy your summer, it's, uh, it's a little too late. And now it looks like we're having a, a second wave coming. A second wave of ramen? Yeah. Yes. Or a second lockdown. <laughs> oof. Oof. I, I root for for the first option. <laughs> for the ramen? Ramen. Yeah. Oh, man. Can't wait. Can't we're wait. Need some gonna, ramen today. We're going to get some ramen tonight. That's the, the, the plan. Ooh, uh, that is, ooh, that's going to be so good. I haven't had ramen since the uh, shutdown. Yeah. It's been too long, man. Yeah. Kenzo ramen, by the way. Mm-hmm. We don't mess with that other stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm Ken- talking to you, uh, Kin- Kinto. Kinto? Kenton. Kenton? Kinto? Kinto. Kinto. K-I-N-T-O. O-N, right? K-I-N-T-O-N, I think. Oh, is it I-O-N? Oh, uh, it's I-N-O? T-O-N. K-I-N-T-O-N. Kinton. While we figure this out, you guys have a great weekend. <laughs>